Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunters HD Go Behind the Lens. Today I'm sitting down with somebody who I just met through Instagram and she was on a Instagram live and I, I liked what she was doing to bring more people to shoot and education and everything else. We'll talk about that in a second. But Carrie Sloan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. With We the we the female. We the female. Yes, so like we the people, but we the female. Correct. And that's, we'll get into that in a second. So <laughs> I want to talk all about that because sure. that's what intrigued me when I saw you on Instagram live. But when did you first pick up a gun? What does that even look like? Well, I grew up with guns. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, my, I'm half, t- I make the joke, I'm half Texan. Okay. Uh, my grand, my mother's side of the family are all Texans. Um, I was born in Georgia. Right. So I've just uh, slowly moving my way back home full time in right. Georgia. Uh, so I grew up around guns. They were never taboo to me. Okay. Uh, but as an adult, it was probably about eight or nine years ago. Um, finally got back out to the range and, and started learning handgun because I had been around shotguns and rifles and, okay. and such for the most part uh, as, as a child. Uh, now, what did that look like? Was that something you went hunting with your family or grandparents? No, or what did it look we were like? rednecks. We went out and shot beer cans in the field. <laughs> nice. What, and, what, and where was this at? This was in... So my... That's a whole other podcast. No, that's fine. I don't want to. No, I mean, my grandfather was a fictional character, like truly the kind of guy that you like, there's no way this guy's life really existed. And it it did. Right. Um, But there was some um, questionable character stuff from Texas. So he moved to Southern California desert back in the late 60s, early 70s. Right. Um, And so we just used to go out in the back, back 40 and and shoot. And uh, so that's, and that's how I grew up. And, you know, there was, you know, with sunglasses and no ear, you know, what was hearing? What is that? You plug your, you plug your ears for somebody shoots, you know, that was kind of how we, you know, back in, back in the day. Exactly. Uh, but then moving forward, you know, and, and like I said, about seven, eight years ago, I, I, uh, was like, um, it's probably time to, to start doing this. I had, um, with handguns, I had bought a shotgun, um, I'm a domestic violence survivor. I'm trying to think of ways that you can um, edit this in to make it clean. No, it's all good. So many years ago, uh, when I was married to my ex-husband, he, um, I was in an abusive relationship and I got out of that relationship. Uh, but I had severe nightmares, PTSD. Wow. Um, d- people talk about the night terrors you hear about a lot. Well, mine were fully conscious. I would wake up from sleep, Go on. completely awake. My vocal cords were paralyzed and I couldn't scream or talk. Um, my legs were paralyzed. I couldn't, I couldn't move my legs. Um, I was able to sit up in bed, but couldn't move my legs or, um, I was able to move my legs or my arms, but mostly what would happen is my vocal cords would, um, freeze up and it was, it was freaky as I'm sure you can imagine. Really? Yeah. Um, and I was remarried and my husband is active duty or was mm-hmm. and would travel obviously a lot. He was deployed quite a bit. And so we bought a shotgun to put on a rail on the side of my bed. And I went through all the therapy. I went through EMDR. I, you know, got the, the four letter magic, four letter diagnosis, PTSD, you know, the whole, whole to do. Um, but it wasn't until that shotgun was on the side of my bed mm-hmm. that I stopped, uh, 
I, I shouldn't say stop, but the nightmares significantly decreased. Really? Now yeah. you say the the four steps or four letters. The magic four letters. Yeah, but but yeah. I, what is that? Because I don't. I'm not aware of that. So post traumatic stress disorder. Oh, okay, PTSD. that. Okay, no, I'm aware of that. Okay. Yeah, and it, it typically you, you, is associated with veterans. Right. Interestingly enough, but it really affects a lot of people, but it's particularly domestic violence um, and abuse survivors. Did you? So you went through some therapy to get that under control. I did. And, and I struggled through that. Um, and it helped a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, what a lot of people don't tell you when you go through the right types of therapy, um, and that this is a whole rabbit hole with it, but essentially like EMDR, um, some of the things that are there, a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists still don't like using because they'd rather give you a pill. What is um, EMDR? It's, I can't remember the, the acronym, what it's for, but essentially it's sensory therapy. Okay. And it was started back in the seventies and it was actually used, um, part of the, the test studies were done on veterans and they found that they had a 90% success rate in helping to, to move them forward through their trauma. Um, but it's, they, you wear headphones similar to these right. and then you hear a beep in your ear on either side and you hold these little tabs and they vibrate. And then there's a, a an LED light bar. Uh, that my that's what my therapist had anyway was an LED light, and so right. it would transfer all those sensory um, recognition to one side, and then the other, and it would bounce back and forth. And she could control the speed. Well, what it does is, as she's talking you through your therapy session, mm -hmm. it's forcing your brain to process on the left and the right. Wow! So you're less likely to be able to block stuff out. Yeah. Um, so what they don't tell you as much as I, I wish they did is you get worse before you get better. Um, really? Get, well, yeah, because it'll bring up all kinds of stuff, like from your, you know, like literally, why did you end up with an abuser, right? Whatever patterns happen in your right. youth, right? That's because it, it'll, because the sensory stuff is bouncing back and forth and making your brain acknowledge left, right, it will pull up a lot of like the uh, subconscious. Did you stuff, see so. a pattern? Uh, did you find a pattern through this process um, yeah. that could have opened that door? Oh, and I knew it going in. So for me, that wasn't so much of a big deal. I married my biological father was an, was abusive to okay. us as kids. So, I mean, um, of course, when you're living your everyday life, you don't consciously realize those connections until you're out of an abusive, you know, situations, um, sometimes. But, um, I still struggled with having horrible nightmares, um, such as calling 911 and, um, being put on hold, um, Interestingly enough, that was kind of foreshadowing, uh, because that's what happens in the county that I, I, um, still have a place in Washington in. Right. Um, I've been put on hold in 911. So all this happened when you lived in Washington. Correct. Correct. Okay. All this was in so Washington. So you went from Texas. Well, I, or no, I, not no. Texas, Southern California. Correct. Up and to I, Washington. And I lived in Washington for 20 years. Oh, wow. And I just, and I'm still legally a resident of Washington. I have a little apartment there. Okay. Um, because I'm suing the state of Washington. Okay. Well, kind of like I'm the plaintiff for gun owners of America. Really? To sue. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about that? I can talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I'd like to go down um, that path. Yeah, what, yeah. Tell, go on. So, um, that's it, it. And it all relates to all of this really. Okay. Um, so I had the shotgun, uh, found that yes, the therapy helped, but not like putting that shotgun on a rail on the side of my bed. And, um, so I, I lived with that for a little while and uh, then decided it was time to learn handgun, you know, start getting out, learning some handguns. So the shotgun on side of the bed uh -huh. was yeah. the actual therapy that you needed it was to what, calm you. I, I think, I think 
what it really comes down to is that it was the the icing on the cake, to use a cheesy metaphor. Okay. The therapy helped, um, but not. It, it was like it didn't really come together until I knew that I had some way to protect myself and my daughter. So the self protection, and you had a daughter. Correct. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, um, prior to getting that shotgun, I would have dreams. Um, where he would show up to kill me and my daughter right. and I would shoot him and his, I mean, literally visual, like graphic, graphic stuff. And wow. people that have PTSD, you might want to put a trigger warning on some of this for them. No. Um, because it, I mean, graphic, like his head blowing off. Right. Um, but him laughing at me and still being alive and trying to come after us. And that's when I would wake myself up and have that vocal paralysis or what have you. Um, so the, the shotgun on the, on the bed, Basically, when he in my dreams, when he would break in and I shot him, he would die. Or right. So it's interesting how that tool, because that's really what firearms are. Is they're a tool. Yes, I they mean, are. They're a fun tool. Yeah, they're <laughs> but a lot they're of fun. you know they, they can or they can be fun. Yeah. in the right and in, in trained hands. Um, you know, firearms can be a lot of fun in trained hands. Uh, however, for me, it ended up being um just the extra piece that I needed to really start to move past some of that um those paralyzing nightmares that, that I was having the traumatized because what people don't realize with PTSD as well is it's, it's the brain is an, am an amazing machine. Okay. And with PTSD, uh, a lot of people that have it don't sleep. And what happens is it's because the brain's uh, neurons, they literally rewire and repath. They'll go different, down different paths so that they can um, protect you for lack of a better term from the dreams that you're having. And what it'll do is keep you awake. And so I would go extended period of times, um, sometimes eight days without really sleeping or maybe right. getting two, three hours of sleep um, did collectively. You, did you ever feel or did you ever have a situation where you woke up and the hands were on the shotgun? Was there anything no, like that? So, Because no, okay, no. I mean, the reason I'm saying, because sometimes yeah. you, you, your body can go through that yeah. as well. That's yeah. why I asked that question. And which I'm glad you brought that up because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. Um, and, and we'll get into some of that because it actually oh. relates to the, the, the lawsuit and so on. Right. Um, and red flag laws and things. Um, I'm, I'm very well versed with red flag laws um, because of the dangers that they, pre they present that people don't realize. Um, even in the industry, but, uh, how the firearm can be, uh, it's, it's bigger than just, you know, being able to defend yourself with it sometimes. And for me, it was that psychological reassurance. Um, the, the misconception a lot of times is particularly when you hear those magic, that's why I call magic letters, right? Cause they love using PTSD for gun control, right? You know, red flag laws and so on. Right. And they will, um, uh, well, you know, they could have a, they could snap and kill people and this and that and other. And I'm not saying it, look, let me, let me, you know, call a spade a spade. I'm not saying it, it doesn't happen. It happens a lot less than people. It happens a lot less than the media wants you to think right. that it does, or politicians want you to think that it does. Um, but never in that situation did I, I never had to, I never grabbed it. Just knowing it was there was enough yep. for me. I get that. And so fast forward um, a few years, I start going back out learning how to use um, semi-autos, um, semi-auto handguns. Okay. Uh, because remember, I as a kid, I wasn't afraid of guns. They were around. And I mean, right. we were that redneck man. Like they, my grandfather kept his loaded Colt, you know, on the, on the 
nightstand and, and the, the gun case right. unlocked was in the kids' room full of guns, but right. we didn't touch that. Like, we just knew. We, we were better. more afraid of my grandfather than we were afraid <laughs> of the guns, you know? Um, so, yeah, we just didn't. But it was time to learn. And so I, I started learning. And then a couple of years later, enter 2018. Okay. Uh, the midterm election. And right after the Parkland shooting happened, uh, less than 10 days after, actually, Washington State um, presented a bill uh, I-1639, it made national news. So some people watching may have heard of it um, more than anything when you get into some of the, the specifics of it. Um, it was at the time considered one of the strictest gun laws in the country. So it was very celebrated for that. And it had a hell of a lot of funding right. coming in, particularly uh, Paul Allen was one of the big funders of of, of it. Right. Um, interestingly enough, it was pulled off of the ballot because it didn't meet the criteria. I don't know if you've ever gotten into that type of advocacy with voting and petitions and so on, but it's the criteria for a ballot is incredibly specific. Okay. And it didn't meet that criteria. A couple other little things. Uh, and it was pulled right before the election, but conveniently got snuck back in. I mean, those are just, you don't need the detail, just the overviews. It ends up back on the ballot. Okay. Ends up passing by... 60 it was big 65 wow. percent. don't quote me on that it's right. been a minute <laughs> it's, it's a lot. but um since i i looked at the statistic but what it did what everybody thought it did um was it had a bunch of of different things in it first it had the um redefined what an assault rifle is okay um which is a joke <laughs> yeah i mean i could go into that's a whole other yeah because yeah, i mean there's even like 22s on it that that are would be would now be classified under that right. like squirrel guns um it had a safe storage component to it where we gotta you know now if, if a gun is stolen from your home in washington state um if you didn't have it in safe storage and it was stolen you can be charged with felony for somebody using your gun in a crime because you shame on you, you didn't have it stored properly in your home. But the one component of it that, that even to this day, when I teach people in Washington state are still nonplussed when I say this to them, I mean, they're just floored is when you sign your 4473, you know, that little form that a lot of gun grabbers think doesn't exist, right? Because you can just walk in and buy them next to the oranges and the cigarettes at the Walmart. Um, but that 4473, the background check, yeah. in Washington State now, it is an automatic waiver of your medical record. Really? It is. And in Washington State now, they can deny you the purchase of a firearm based on what they find in your medical record. Now we know what they're looking for. Yeah. It just, the, I mean, depression, I mean, anything. anything well, here's the know. kicker. And this is one of the things. AD, that, AD, ADHD. Any, anything. So yes, exactly. So one of the things that these are falling off the back of my head. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, we'll ah, get it. Get done. They were sliding off. Um, uh, there we go. All right, back in the saddle. All right. So, one of the this bill and what I learned from this bill and how I was impacted by this bill really changed my passion for wanting to understand policy. 
Okay. And it's unfortunate that more people in the gun industry don't want to make the effort to understand policy. They can talk a lot around it, but to understand the like deep layers of policy and how it affects people, um, I, I think there's still a lot lacking in, in that. And so for me, this is the bill that did it because what I came to realize is it's not what it says, it's what it doesn't say that actually is dangerous, which in turn means most policy is actually written that way. Right. They intentionally, they meaning politicians intentionally make it arbitrary so that they, it's this broad scope so that once it's passed, then they can go in and do what they want, which is exactly what they did with this. So the Washington state health authority gets to review your background, your medical record. Mm -hmm. And when I say medical record, we're really talking about your mental health record. That's really what they were after, but they leave it vague. But your mental health record is part of your medical record. So, again, there's one of those pieces. So who is the Washington State Health Authority? That's a great question. We don't know. Who are they? Good question. What are they looking for? What's this criteria that um, says that they'll deny you the purchase of a firearm? Brian, that's a great question, too, because they don't define it. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... It could be for anything, you know, so kind of one of my little sayings, I'm like, well, Margaret down at the health authority, get your form. And if she didn't change her hormone patch and was pissed at her husband that morning, are you going to be denied because you have something in your record that she doesn't like, you know, because she's in a bad mood? Right. I mean, that's extreme, obviously. It doesn't. But the extreme is where they take everything. Exactly. (laughs) So and so that is a huge issue, right? How it's not written. So. The day after the election, I was really concerned about it. I tried to get to as many people as I could. Grassroots. I own a day spa. Been in the beauty industry for 30 years. Right. Um, if you're doing the math, I started when I was really young. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Really young. And I have a good Botox guy. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, I'm just being honest. Okay? No, I love it. But uh, um, my eyes give me away, though, as we talked about every time. I wear my reader glasses. Um, but... Uh, uh, there's when you when you're trying to do this grassroots and I'm you know work through you know each individual you know client in my salon or, right. or speaking in my community, you're just no match in, as an individual for all of that money and the media and you know newspapers and, and social media. So right. the day after uh, the election and it passed, I, I was actually physically sick to my stomach as I typed this social media post mm-hmm. because it terrified me. The thought of this, it, it legitimately scared me. Right. And I just simply said to paraphrase, you know, for those of you that voted for this, let me tell you what you just did to me and countless other domestic violence survivors in Washington state. And then I rolled into explaining this whole component of the medical record and, and so on and so forth. And I get a lot of, oh, my God, Carrie, I'm so sorry. I can't believe that I that's awful. That's I didn't know. And I'm like, I know you didn't know because you didn't F and read it. Oh, get it. And. And, uh, well, I did read it. No, you didn't. No. You didn't. You read the summary, which is what they wanted you to read. Mm-hmm. So you put me in this position. Now, my ex was, so this is like the culmination of all this stuff coming together now. And I'm realizing how bad all of this is, uh, meaning gun control and the broken justice system. So my ex that beat me uh, on, a, on a Thanksgiving, um, it was on Thanksgiving, um, in 2007. Okay. Yeah. 2000, two, 2006. It was in 2006. Thanksgiving 2006. He 
Maybe it was seven. I don't know. I've lost track. <laughs> anyway, point point being is that um, he was charged with a felony. His charging, his holding charges were a felony. The female prosecutor that gets his case the following Monday, and I show up. Now, at this point, my bruises are ripe. You know, you can imagine. I mean, and I was literally, literally head to toe. Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of the Kitsap County Sheriff's Office now to get um, the actual photos that they took from the archives. Um, because I, I conveniently, some something happened to mine in the house. That, you know, weird, right? Because I had pictures. Right. Um, but I, I mean, to the point where there were handprints. You could see the actual fingerprints on my neck. Um, cause he picked me up off the ground with one hand and, and threw me. Um, so I show up and, and I'm sitting with this, this prosecutor, female, female prosecutor, female prosecutor. And she says, well, you know, he has no priors and, and so on. So we're going to drop this to a gross misdemeanor. And I said, why are you doing that? They said, because he didn't actually use a weapon. Hmm. So he weighed a hundred pounds more than I did and was a foot taller than me. And he didn't use a weapon. And I said, well, I'm, this isn't, I'm not okay with this. And, you know, and, and we kind of continued talking and I said, well, I'm, I'm willing to testify against him. And she looked at me, she said, you, you, what you want to testify against him? She said, are you sure you want to do that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, hell yes, I want to do it. I don't want him doing this to anybody else. And she said, well, most victims don't want to testify against their abusers, which is true. Yes. And I said, well, I do because I don't want, I, I, I have no fear of doing this. Hell yes. I want to testify against him and I don't want him, I don't want him hurting any other women. She still dropped it to a misdemeanor, which gave him now the leverage to um, negotiate it into a diversion agreement. Um, with a no protection order, he had to go to therapy, which, uh, you know, abuse therapy, which I found out is an absolute joke. Um, that's a, that's another podcast. Uh, I've got many, man. You could do a whole series <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> of stuff like this. <laughs> wow. But, uh, um, and so he stalked, long story short, he ended up stalking me. Okay. Which I think, um, contributed to those nightmares of him showing up and me calling 911 and stuff, I'm sure. Right. Um, and, uh, so I, when I spoke out against this in my post, I said, you know, for those of you that voted for this law, the 1639, let me tell you what you just did to me and other domestic violence survivors. You just put us in a position where we may not be able to purchase a firearm to defend ourselves against our abusers that are let out because the system has failed us. Because of the four letter law. Because I have something on my medical. I did yep. what I was supposed to do. Right. And I went and, and to therapy to help heal myself after being abused. And now they categorize the state you. is putting correct. And then that, which fine, but now the state is categorizing me and now putting me in a position to where I may be a victim again. Wow. Because they failed me with the broken justice system. Right. So I spoke out against this. Um, it, it was shared by some fairly prominent individuals. One in particular um, in the industry, Colleen Noir. Yeah. He shared it and here I am. Um, I started my nonprofit, um, We the Female and to help women. And it's the, the core of it isn't that we lead with a gun. I like to say that sometimes we have to help women understand that their lives are worth defending before we can teach them how to defend them. And over the four, right? <laughs> and yeah. over the four years, I have come to realize, um, it, it's, it's the, the, the fight that I have 
isn't just against people that want to take my guns because there's a lot of people in the industry that or community gun right. community because there's a difference there whatever community means um that don't get it that don't the way you know it's all women should own guns okay well first of all you're a hypocrite if you say that all women need to own a gun aren't you the same people that also say don't tread on me and don't tell me what to do and the government shouldn't tell me so why are you telling somebody else what they shouldn't should know first right. of all shame on you that's hypocrisy first and foremost second Sometimes we can't get a gun into the hand of a domestic violence survivor to defend herself because she, she, and I, I mean, I did, right. we legitimately have been programmed over those weeks, days, months, years, whatever, to believe that that abuse was our fault. And so that firearm can be used against a domestic violence victim if she's not completely psychologically ready to be able to use it the way she needs to be able to use it if her abuser shows up. That's enter my organization where the core of it is we teach a defensive mindset class, which essentially teaches. I love to joke that you're too pretty for prison ladies. <laughs> so how can we avoid conflict to begin with? And so it's a, def it's defensive mindset. Well, let's take a quick break. Sure. Listen to one of our sponsors. Yeah. And I want to get back into that. Talk about what you're doing now. Get yeah. into the back to the lawsuit a little bit, because I'm, I'm really intrigued about that. Sure. And we'll be right back after what, this one of our sponsors. Give me one second. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kana Gold. Kana Gold is a premier lifestyle brand for those who work hard and play harder. There are many hemp companies out there that get lost in the crowd, but Kana Gold sets the gold standard with its premier line of products. When traveling all around with a magical mystery tour to different matches, I travel around with lots of different flavors, including pink grapefruit, candy apple, and vanilla cherry. Make sure to stop by and get some for yourself. They are all zero calories, zero sugar, use organic hemp, and are THC and CBD free. Competitive shooters love them because there's no shakes, no headaches, and no crash. When when you order from conagoldhemp.com, make sure to use discount code HUNTERSHD for another 20% off. So let's get back into things real quick because... <laughs> Did you doing okay? You need a beer now? Uh, no, a shot of whiskey? I, I'm good. There's so much to 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 think about there, yeah. and there's so much more different paths yeah, we can go yeah. down, which is wonderful because yeah. we can do some other stuff later on. But I want to we the female. Mm -hmm. Did the lawsuit come first, or we the people? We the female, we the female came first. Okay, continue yeah. down that path then. So where are we at with we the female so, trying to educate women? Sure. About the right mindset. Correct me when I'm wrong. Correct. Yeah. To owning a firearm before well, or not just owning like. a firearm, but just embracing self-defense. Okay. And, and understanding that the system, the law enforcement and the broken justice system and politicians are not going to save you. Okay. So you're going to need to start doing something to, to save yourself and protect yourself. Okay. And that's the core of what we, the female started as. And so I created a defensive mindset class which includes things such as de-escalation, avoidant, you know, situational awareness. Um, and then we, I expanded on that. How did you start the classes to begin with? Was this just something you were going to do on your own or is this something you had help with? Where did we know? So where, I, um, I love the name. Thank you. So uh, just where did, where did, how did, give me more details <laughs> about where, like, okay, I, I got an idea. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But it, 
the execution of it's a whole nother story. Sure. So I, um, going viral helped. Okay. Obviously I had a lot of people reach out to me. Okay. Um, one of them, um, his name is Ken Scott from Provectus group. And I still blame you for this. Ken. <laughs> I, I ended up, he followed, he starts following me and, and I don't remember how the, I, I ended up getting really pissed at AWR, something that AWR Hawkins had posted about mom's name. Remember I'm green. Let me, let me, let me qualify this. I'm super green in the industry community, right? I don't know. I got it. I, I didn't know shit. Shit until, from fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know anything. You know, five yeah. years ago that even this existed either. Yeah, so yeah. So I get. I get you being green. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way in so many areas. I didn't know anything about anything. So this was a, a, a all new territory for me, and um, I got really frustrated because he was just slamming these moms' demand. It was a picture of a which everybody in the industry for the most part has pretty much seen it. Mom's demand was teaching a gun safety class and she had the muzzle of the gun up in the class. You know, we, we've all seen the picture. And I said, right. has anybody reached out to them to actually teach them the right thing? You know, this might be a thing. And, and, AW, and he came after me in the comment section. I mean, he doesn't know who I am. Right. But um, uh, anyway, so I kind of bantered back and forth, but I was frustrated. And so Ken, I reached out because he's the only one I'd had any interaction with on that level yeah, going viral has its positives it does, and a it, lot of negatives. Absolutely. It does. <laughs> um, for me, it's been nothing but positives for the most part. Okay. Um, because I knew how to, I was a public speaker okay. and, and things and, and women's, I used to speak at women's leadership conferences and I ran a business. I knew how to seize an opportunity okay. when it existed. And I, obviously I realized that this was a, this was, I'm not an exceptionally religious woman. Okay. Um, but I do believe that you are put where you're supposed to be when the time is right. And so the, uh, everything just opened for me to be able to have this voice here. So I was like, okay, this is supposed to happen. Okay. So I'm ranting to Ken, right? I mean, I'm on the phone with him, right? And I'm just like, why the hell are people like this? And, you know, I, you know, I'm not a fan of gun control laws. I do understand that sometimes you got to sit at the same table to have a conversation for people to learn and da, da, da. And he looks at me and he goes, you need to go to SHOT Show. Just what the hell is SHOT Show? <laughs> What, what, yeah. what the hell is shot show? <laughs> yeah. Could have started me on something a little smaller. That yeah. would have been great. I was like, okay. Good <laughs> Lord. Was that traumatic? <laughs> so I have an assistant, you know, I have people that help me now and they're like, oh, shot show. I'm like, let's start you with something a little smaller. I wish yeah. that somebody would have for me. Cause it was, of course. it was That's a little overwhelming. I mean, yeah. If you've been, you know, Yeah. if you know, you know, <laughs> um, so that was, that was a lot. Um, but he's right. And it gave me a lot of avenues to be able to talk about what I do and, and people that were interested in wanting to explore that more. It was a new, new voice, different approach. Um, and, and so I was able to explain what I was doing and I had some people that were really interested in it that helped me amplify that and start teaching it. Was um, it gun manufacturers or on the side of the advocate side of the, the first, shot show? The first there's two different sides. Correct. The first few were advocates. Okay. Um, but the, the people that really have helped expand that voice the most, um, were range, um, owners. Okay. And, and, um, interestingly enough, uh, I know this is a hot topic in the industry, but a lot, which fast forward to ends up, um, I meet a lot of the YouTubers okay, and influencers yep. and they, which and I, debatably have a reason to be or not to be at SHOT Show. Correct. In my opinion. Correct. And a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, um, and now mind you, this is another year down the road, right? So this is, as I'm kind of quickly trying to give you the reader's digest Real, version of this, please. um, Iraq veteran, 88 
88, who's from here in Georgia. Um, he, Eric, uh, for those of you that don't know his name, his name's Eric. Uh, he went on a rant, apparently, on his Instagram. I didn't know who he was. Uh, about, I don't know what set it up. I don't know what pushed this button for him, but he was on his bullshit. Okay. About uh, not having enough women voices in the industry. And so in this post on Instagram, people, or he, he put a call to action. He says, give me names of women that I need to be following. Give me names of women that are doing work out there that I'm not familiar with. And several people tagged me. Right. And that. And so he started following me. And um, he, I'm blessed to say, he invited me to his range day. Right. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not a YouTuber. In fact, I probably should be putting more of the crap I do on YouTube. But I'm <laughs> terrible about it because editing is just a bane of my existence. So anybody <laughs> wants to volunteer to edit, <laughs> call me. Um, seriously, because I hate it. I'll, I'll record stuff all day long. But right. that editing, man, oh, that's the <laughs> Lord's work. So <laughs> so I go and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? This right. is so out of my element. But interestingly enough, and I don't know if he consciously realized it or, or not. But it connected me with manufacturers. Okay. And then I was able to talk to manufacturers that were like, whoa, wait a minute. Now, my background being in the beauty industry is also marketing, retail sales. And that's what I used to speak in, in women's conferences about, too. Right. So I was able to to talk shop with the manufacturers right. and understand it differently. So um, I've been blessed to be able to be connected with lots of, of manufacturers now that have helped with my mission. Yeah, you're also able to sell yourself at that point. As well. Correct. Because in, in retail sales, that's all we ever done is sell ourselves. Correct. And, and, that, and build relationships. Absolutely. And that, I'm glad you said that because at the end of the day, sales is nothing but building a relationship. Right. And I had a very successful um, retail uh, side of my day spa business. Mm -hmm. Very successful. To, enough to speak about it and actually teach about it. And um, I, I love to explain to people in the gun industry. I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's lipstick moisturizer, nail polish, ammo, a rifle, or, or shooting a lenses. fire, or a shooting, yes, or, shoot, or shooting lenses. The approach is the same. And when you develop a relationship, you end up with a ridiculous high retention. So what I love to say is I'm in the, bu the business of the beauty industry, but I was really in the business of women right. for 30 years. I know how they think. I know how they approach sales. I know how they do all of these things. I actually wrote a curriculum for gun stores. I COVID hit and I've not done anything with it, obviously, right. but I did, um, where to help gun stores learn how to better set up their place to bring in right. uh, more women, uh, but also, um, how to retain them as, and most of it really applies to anybody, but particularly well, women, cause you get uh, women uh, and to, you got men. How to retain women yeah. in a gun store yeah. Yeah. has to be a whole hot topic altogether because it is. I've heard stories yes. talking to other women that go in a gun store and some men, mm -hmm. and they'll turn around and never go back in again. Correct. But yet, the industry is still, right now, I, well, fastest growing demographic of gun sales are women. I feel like they've been saying that since 1776. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like like this has been like 246 years later. It's still a fastest growing demographic. But, then but, why are we losing them? So, yes. And, and not only that, but also... We now have that data. We actually have that data from Nix. Uh, again, that system that people think that doesn't exist. Don't want your guns. Um, the um, that we have those. We have those statistics yes, now showing that for what, 46, 48 ish percent mm -hmm. of women um, are uh, 
the background checks being done for new firearm That's purchases. Right. So now we're actually seeing some concrete data That's right. coming out to reinforce it 246 years later after they started that. <laughs> and uh, that's wonderful. I'm Continue. A, I'm a huge history nerd. So <laughs> I love it. That's all. Yeah, I, I'm a he and I. All my guns are. Side note: All my guns are named after badass women in American history. Okay. So I can open dialogue about real feminism and women's rights versus the feminazi loons, <laughs> but then the anti-feminists and how both sides are kind of guilty of us in the position where we are as women right now. Right. Um, and it opens up dialogue about the badass women from American history that I love telling stories about because they were such, especially during the revolutionary war, because they were such huge contributors to the, to the war in right. ways that will, and sometimes we'll never know right? because we weren't, you know, the women weren't as documented. That's as right. Anyway. So, um, I, and we're now seeing this data and we now have companies that are kind of coming around a little bit more. Right. Uh, but there's, there's still some disconnect there. And I, I see it like you mentioned it and I still see it all the time. And so I, I found particularly for domestic violence victims, there's a, there's a, a little bit of a kid glove approach because I'm absolutely a believer that we need to take responsibility for our own safety and, um, and not be victim, you know, not have a victim, mentality but you are a victim like you, you've been a victim of, yeah. of a of that you know um and so what i ended up coming up against on the pro to a conservative republican side uh is a lot of victim blaming of abuse victims a lot of um cognitive dissonance about the, their language and how they talk um and 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 them still wanting me to say they want me to arm women and that's where it kind of came to light that we have to help them build their seam up and help give them the confidence to know that they're capable of doing it before we can teach them sometimes. Right. And, um, that has ended up really being a lane for me. And one of the things for, I'm very polarizing, um, people that love me or hate me and I don't give a shit if you don't <laughs> like me because I'm not here to be a celebrity in the industry. I'm not here to uh, for high selfies. High school was over a long time ago. Uh, you know what? And I, I, I am not peaked in high school, Rob Lowe. <laughs> That's wonderful. Or Roberta Lowe. <laughs> I, you know, my, my goal and my mission is to reach women outside of the gun industry. Why, like, why, why talk in the echo chamber? Y'all all know it, right? And, and I, I'm blessed that I've been on podcasts and I'm blessed that I, I've had those voices and these lanes and these opportunities to speak. And, and it's great. But through all of this, I'm also realizing a lot of times I'm still talking to some of the same people. So right. how do we get outside of that? Well, Part of what I ended up realizing um, inadvertently was calling out some of their bullshit. Right. And uh, of all the things that would make me cry, this is it. So it was a it was a young woman, and some of some people in the industry know who she is now. Okay. Uh, but she she sent me a message about nine months after. This whole world opened up to me. I was like, oh, crap, there's like a community. <laughs> I mean, it's not just yeah. me at the gun at the range. Nine you know what I mean? Um, this is about nine months a okay. year, maybe. Uh, I have the screenshots because I lost my first account that went viral. I had mm -hmm. 18,000 followers on stilettos and shotguns. And that was the account that went. The post was reposted from. And I lost that account uh, about a year ago. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, IG. 
because that was actually how I used my, I used that as a voice for my organization. Right. They screwed me. So, but I get this message from her and it was very cute. Um, she called me Miss, Miss Stilettos and Shotguns because she didn't know my name. And she goes on about, uh, she was, she's abused and she had gotten out and she was in emergency. She was texting, DMing me this on Instagram from emergency shelter. Good grief. And she sent me pictures of herself. Okay. And the pictures were bad enough. I mean, I've seen, you know, I, I work in this lane. I've, I've been there, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but what really killed me was that she sent those pictures because she wanted to make sure that I, I believed her yep. because so many people didn't believe her. Right. Um, so I'm sorry. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's funny cause I tell this story a lot right. and some days it's just a little bit more sensitive than others. And apparently today is one of those days. It's okay. Um, and that's what hit harder than anything was knowing that she sent those because people didn't believe her. Right. And she said that, she had watched a couple live streams with, with someone um, where I had really become very vocal about calling out the abusive comments and the victim blaming and, and the mansplaining about what women need. Or my favorite that still irritates the crap out of me to this day is the, when I post something about it education wise, it's the men in the comment. Well, when I go out to the range with a woman, I'm like, nobody yeah. fucking asked you it's right. not about you right now right so i started calling all of that out and that was what helped give her that she goes okay so not all people in the industry are like that because most women don't call it out in the industry or community right and you probably know that i mean we can let's just be honest you yeah. know it's i'm not trying to poo poo anybody or, or no. but it's the reality is, is that this industry is still very difficult for women and women mm -hmm. don't like to speak up because they're afraid they're going to lose opportunities. Um, there was just something that happened recently with an individual in the industry that said something that was incredibly demeaning. Uh, a lot of women spoke out about it. And I received text messages from some of these young sh female shooters telling mm -hmm. them uh, from the blue check marks in the industry to take down the comments calling him out. Like wow. this is still happening in the industry right. to this day. Yet we want more women in. Why would we, why would they want to come into this when they see you doing this crap? Right. So that's part of what gave her a little bit of that, that strength to kind of say, okay, I, I need to do this. And so she reached out to me and now she's thriving. I mean, she's, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. So it's turned into a great success. Story. It is a great success story. And have but, you met her? Oh, uh, not in person yet. Okay. And I just missed her by a day on my last road trip. I was going to drive through and see her, right. um, in the state that she lives in. Um, she's in Oklahoma right? and, uh, I, I just missed her. So I will, but we've talked extensively enough, Wonderful. you know, on the phone and, and so on. And, um, when she was going through a lot of the court case stuff, she would call me and, you know, and, and stuff, but she's become an advocate. She's, she was a third degree black belt. And mm -hmm. so a lot of people would attack her for that. Well, why didn't you just kick his ass? She goes, cause it was my fault. Wow. And, she, but she's right in her mind. Right. She wasn't her fault, but she believed it was her fault. And so when she would try to explain that to people too, they, well, it is not your fault because they didn't get it. But what people don't understand is they have you convinced it's your fault. I mean, six months after I was beat up, I had pneumonia laying in my bed with 104 degree temperature. And my ex kept calling me and harassing me. Because he knew, even though he had a protection order and I could have put him in jail, right? he knew he had me cornered and weak. 
And when I finally answered the phone, so he would stop calling because my daughter was at school. I couldn't turn my phone off because mm-hmm. um, she was five and at school, um, even though I had pneumonia, single mom uh, life. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember hanging up the phone and thinking, if I had never called the cops on him, I wouldn't be do- dealing with this right now. I was still blaming myself wow. for his actions. So, and it took me a long time to realize that, oh crap, I, I was still blaming myself six months later. Actually, it wasn't until I was in the industry and watching other women do it that right. I was like, I was still doing that. So I get it on that level. And that is something in the industry that is not really addressed. Like the psychological levels of this aren't really addressed. And there's a lot of great advocates out there, female advocates that are survivors right? and they're out there using their voices and doing things, but getting into that whole, those deep layers of that psychology and putting that out there can be really hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then again, a lot of them don't want to, because I mean, I literally have screenshots of women from the industry saying, Oh, we won't talk about it because you know, we'll get canceled. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? I don't care. (laughs) Just start another page. Don't care. I don't care about the industry. Like I've been canceled in the industry. I don't give a shit because that's it. I'm here to be a voice for those women that are still scared to speak out. Right. And, and that has proven to be, I I say successful, not like business wise, but to help them come out of those abusive situations. You you found a desire and a passion. Correct. Through an incident that you went through. Yes. Which is amazing to me. Thank you for sharing so much so far. Yeah. Tell me about the lawsuit, because I'm still intrigued so, about 2A advocacy and that side of it as well. So I became a firearms instructor, too. Okay. Uh, I'm a USCCA certified instructor nice. uh, out of necessity, Jan Morgan. I blame you for that. <laughs> um, she messages me. So I became, I, I work with her and their, um, we you know, help to expand what we call their SAVE program, which is we provide scholarship funding for between my organization and and the and Jan Morgan's 2A Women organization, we provide funding for domestic violence victims, sexual assault victims, single mothers that can't afford training. Right. That's part of what my organization, wonderful, because we're a 501c3. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I work with Jan to do that. So she said, you should become a firearms instructor. I said, not a freaking chance. This is like, <laughs> I love being in the classroom and watching their heads go, oh, no. And she's like, Carrie, you need to. Okay, I'll get the check in the box. Ended up discovering there were there were only a couple of of. NRA certified firearm, female firearm instructors in the area that I lived in. Right. None of them were teaching women's classes and there were no USCCA certified within like four at that time, 400 miles or Mm -hmm. some 500 miles. I ended up getting involved in teaching more out of necessity than anything because this was during the mostly peaceful. Now we're fast forward, right? COVID, right? Mostly peaceful protests and Mm -hmm. women getting scared and defunding it, please, blah, blah, blah. So, um, right around this time, I get a call from gun owners of America. Okay. Asking if I'm willing to be their plaintiff, uh, in the suit that they plan to file against Washington state to overturn 1639. Wow. And I quote myself when I say the text message that went back was, does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> you know, a little redneck came out and, and I'm like, like, yeah, what? Yeah. And after this is over, what else we sue him for? Like, <laughs> Line him up. He, yeah. Do I need to move somewhere? Right. Like an apartment? Like become a resident for a different. Yeah. So poor Eric Pratt, God bless that man. Because he puts up with so much. I make him cringe so much because right. I am unfiltered. Don't care. And he's always like, 
with me. Like I, Eric, I love you um, because he just puts up. I know that I just make him go like this. Lord, will she just be quiet? But he knows I'm passionate and he knows I care. Yes. And, um, and I was absolutely willing to put my name on this. And I had a lot of people at Carrie. You know what this means, right? Like this is a precedence, like good, bad, indifferent. Yeah, you're fixed to get the attention. Your name is on this. Well, we've kept it quiet for the most interestingly enough. Okay. And I, well, I mean, Washington State doesn't want you to know about it. Right. Right. That's true. So, um, anyway, so we, uh, uh, the suit is is moving forward. Um, it's been, it takes forever, this kind of stuff. You right. know, people get super mad when we, you know, well, how come they're not suing? Well, do you realize how long it takes to, get this through stuff and well how come this isn't at scotus because it literally can take 10 years yeah, to there's, get to there's other courts you yeah, it's go a through. whole process what so, level of court are you at now so we have just petitioned the washington state supreme court oh wow okay. so we're actually in state suing okay. um dan mitchell from sporting systems who's an amazing person and a lot of people heard about it 1639 through him because he sued federally over constitutionality and ended up in the circuit court and they they killed it um we, in our district court case, the judge agreed with us, um, but wouldn't issue a formal ruling, which hmm. I thought was pretty chicken shit of him. Yeah. Um, and, but the reality is, and, and I'm not defending him, but looking at it objectively, he knew it was going to get appealed and he just didn't want his name on it. No judges like to rule on anything they're going to lose on. Or get appealed on yeah, or have their name on like at any point. Yep. Um, but that's huge that he even agreed. So mm -hmm. what uh, Gun Owners of America is suing on is preemption. So technicalities, basically, mm -hmm. um, to, to keep it short, because that's we could do an hour just talking about explaining constitutionality, precedence, preemption and all this kind of stuff. But essentially, it should have been on the ballot to begin with and um, for for many reasons. But um, part of it being it didn't meet the criteria. Right. And um, so the appellate court actually issued an opinion uh, agreeing with upholding it but wouldn't publish the opinion. So GOA's attorneys requested that they publish the opinion and they wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Why? If, if you, if you're right and you're, you're justified and you have legal uh, uh, support, right. Precedence, you wouldn't have a problem publishing and they wouldn't, they wouldn't publish their opinion. So now wow. we're, now we've just petitioned the, uh, Washington State Supreme Court, and right. now we're just waiting to hear whether they're going to, because it's just like SCOTUS. Right. We, they have to decide whether they're going to hear it or not. With the ruling that just came down from the Supreme Court saying there had to be, for lack of better words, bear with me, yeah. um, history correct, or something that yeah. had to be shown that was done in the past yeah. to take the rights right. away on certain things, was that something that can help or hurt your situation because it kind of goes into having to show it can yeah. a history of that because right. everything's getting thrown back down now to the lower courts. Correct. And you know, I don't know. Um, okay. I'm essentially a name on it for the most part. And then right. I, I do the education about what's happening. Keep people updated. Right. Um, I'm no lawyer. I'm, I'm, I'm a law nerd, but right. I'm no attorney okay. and I, I stay in my lane. <laughs> so I just put my name on it, but um, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, if they want to petition this, I'll go. Right. I mean, it's, I won't even, I, it's cute because Erica, you know, are you ready? I'm like, take it. Like, don't bother calling me. What else do we want? You want magbands? Let's do over magband. Let's go. Like right. I, because if we don't start all standing up, um, it's, it's, and it, this gets, I feel like it's almost contrived that we say this now. We need to unify. We need to, community needs to come together. And everybody says that, but very few people are willing to do that. Well, from what I've seen, 
with different organizations Mm -hmm. and bear with me here, but a lot of the organizations stay in their own lane Mm -hmm. and don't like merging with other organizations. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you, I can say it in the shooting sports, you know, the USPSA is here doing this thing. The IDPA is doing things here. There's a lot of peeing on legs. Yeah. Sometimes they come together on some things. Most of the time they stay apart. You know, there's the DC project. There's a girl on a gun. There's a well-armed woman or one armed women of America. Now, a lot of these don't like to get together to be more powerful in my opinion. Now, I could be totally wrong about that. They're all working no, behind the right. scenes. Right. I just don't see it you're right. visibly. They don't work. They don't work together. So we what, what you, even what you're doing now, you've never been to this is the first time you you know you've seen the, yeah. the, the shooting sports yeah. in USPSA. I'm blessed to know but, some competitive shooters. But you do know some competitive I, shooters. I do. And yeah. you've had some conversations yeah. with some competitive shooters yeah. on yeah. on different subjects that hasn't been yeah. the popular side either yeah. because you have an opinion that because what you're seeing is real life and what's happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's next? So 99% of the gun industry, and I say this to manufacturers really get this, okay. uh, but 99% of the gun industry slash community don't realize, I, I, I feel like there's, there's a disconnect with them understanding and realizing that they're only 1% of gun owners in America. Right. Yet they continue to talk to and market to that 1%. I'm like, do y'all realize how much bigger this market could be if y'all get out of this echo chamber, you know, and social media makes it worse a little bit for them. You know, um, I mean, here's a great example. I was on a gun gripe on, um, for IV 88 Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that my, one of my daughter's friends from high school watched him and he flipped out. He saw me on it and called my daughter. Oh my God, your mom was on, you know? And, and I was like, wow, he he knew about him. He goes, (laughs) yeah, a lot of my friends watch that guy. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, you know, I mean, even that, that, and that, that part of that was a, that aha moment for me. Like mm-hmm. the gun industry really doesn't realize how, I mean, what is there an S an estimated 250 million guns right. out there. <laughs> right. Wink, wink. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Um, Casper enters the conversation. Casper, <laughs> the ghost enters the conversation. Um, you know, so point being is that that's small. Right. That's what we know of. Right. And that's, I mean, I don't, I, I own more than one gun. Right. You know, so. I own two. Travel with three. I have a couple. <laughs> you saw what I traveled yeah, with. I travel with three. Those like three nice guns back there I, I travel with. I have with. a couple. <laughs> Side note that you can edit out if you want. No, we got it. I don't edit anything. So, okay. <laughs> There's a, I was, I posted, I was, I, it was just a good content moment. I love traveling. Um, no, I am not paid for this endorsement. CMMG, love these guys. First of all, love those guys. We yeah. love their guns. Yeah. But that Banshee is one of my favorite guns right. for many reasons. Uh, but I love it to keep in my car, especially right. because I can put a 30, 40 round Glock back in it. <laughs> exactly. And so I was on my way to, to do this big educational and speaking road trip I just did a few weeks ago. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take some, do some content, right? This right. is great. So I'm loading the mag because we're going. I had to pick up my rental car in College Park. Now, if you know Atlanta... Yeah. College Park ain't where you want to be. A little bit south of Atlanta. I'm just saying. <laughs> There's an airport close there. Very, so that's where I was picking it up, right? So, yeah. And so I was loading this. And so I took a video. Like, when you got to pick up your rental car in College Park, right? And I'm loading this 30-round mag. And this idiot in the comments, he makes this comment. He says, Can, are we going to talk about the fact that she's using FMJ instead of 
uh, hollow points or defensive rounds. Oh, and, great. And so... <laughs> great. Oh, far be it for me to keep just, my mouth closed because I'm I'm the inflammatory person. And so... You just can't let it go. I can't. Sometimes I can't. And believe me, I let go of a lot more crap now than I used to. But I used to. I love it. Oh, my God. I was exhausted all the time because I go after everybody and everything. And I'm just like... <sighs> I got to let this one go just and not because I, I want you because I ain't got time right. doing that. That's a full-time job. Somebody wants to pay me to do it. I'll go back to calling everybody out all the time, but I ain't got time for that. So, um, I, so I just, but I recorded it now cause that you can do that. Like you can actually do a video response to a comment right. on, on Instagram. And I said, um, and I, I pulled out my FN 509, which I also had with me as a defense gun, right. Right, which has hollow, you know, hollow points in it. And I said, I'm just disappointed to see that, you only travel with one gun <laughs> and that he unfollowed me he unfollowed you after that oh the heartbreak so oh yeah i lost a lot of sleep over it let me tell you so i'm like yeah so i had like really bro you can travel like i'm traveling across country i promise you this is not the only thing that right. i've got in here so yeah. um you know so it's, it's it's fun traveling across the country and going around states you're not supposed to go in isn't it a wonderful you go thing? around the states no, i'm just kidding oh, yeah. it's just a funny thing. right <laughs> totally avoided california <laughs> Yeah. Well, I have a, and I've got another great story I could share with you that just recently happened on this road trip Go on. Um, that with, with kind of all this legal crap. So I'm, I'm doing some political uh, campaign advising for a, a gentleman who's running for sheriff in uh, my, the County that I have my place in that I still teach in and I'm active in. And I actually, my day spa is still there. Kids County, Washington. And as I'm leaving the restaurant, it got late. We didn't realize it had closed. That happens sometimes. Um, and I'm walking to my car and, um, I see these two, uh, questionable uh, characters of questionable moral turpitude start walking toward me. And so I'm watching them and they're out. Like they're, there's 50 yards out. 50 yards maybe, out. Okay. Ish. It was dark, uh, with just overhead lighting. Mm -hmm. Um, my car was parked by itself. Or so I thought, right. um, <laughs> you know, across. So I'm, I'm walking and I'm watching, right. They, there was enough separation that I could really observe them right and nothing in front of me that i would trip over um so i kept watching them kept watching them well they separate as they start walking toward me they separate now if you for those that don't understand what that means when they separate it's it's considered distraction and intimidation um and it's a way to divide your attention so that you can only focus on one thing correct and then try to they then they try to attack you yeah. rob you rape, whatever their intention was i i don't know so I'm watching this, I'm watching this, and I um, I can talk about this now. My, my legal counsel has told me I can talk about this now. <laughs> um, I lifted my my shirt back uh, to, behind my firearm mm -hmm. because I had a pizza box in my hand, and I didn't want anything inhibiting me to, be know, able to, draw. to, to get out of draw. And I had the time to do it, so I was able to which doesn't happen no often right? you don't get situational awareness God, no you don't get that i mean i'm hypersensitive and audio aware audience awareness is huge to me I, mm -hmm. it is a highly undervalued skill that one and smell are two um for women especially i i can get into the instinct thing and, and how women are crippled with that constantly but um so i'm watching i'm watching so i do that and i get to and so i speed up they speed up Oh, no. they didn't meet my pace, but it was enough. And then they spread farther apart. And I'm like, okay, something's, something's happening. Then my gut kicked in and I'm like, this isn't right. So I get in my car, I start the car, I throw it in drive and I see another car now sitting diagonal. And I think, were they walking to their car? 
Now, mind you, and, and for anybody listening to this, particularly women, it doesn't matter. If your gut tells you something's wrong, something's wrong. something is wrong. And even in the highly unlikely case that it's not, it's better to be wrong and alive than to, than to dismiss it and be dead. That's a big component of what I teach is a huge, huge piece of that. Yes. Uh, cause women are, women are just, dis- we dismiss our own instinct because we are dismissed constantly for our instincts. Um, anyway, so I throw it and drive, start rolling. And sure enough, as I'm rolling, I watched them start coming back together. So they were up to something. I don't know if they wanted my pizza. I don't know if they wanted my wallet. I didn't know if they wanted to rape me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It doesn't matter. So um, I called the gentleman that I was meeting with. um, And I said, this just happened. He goes, holy crap. We literally just talked about defensive mind, you know, having a situation where, because I teach this and he wants to bring me to teach it. And he goes, that's freaky. And I said, kind of, you know, and, uh, um, so he, he posts about this on social media and a retired sheriff from Kitsap County. I'm talking about you, Sergeant Sipple with that name. I'm, I feel like, were you in super troopers? It's Sergeant Sipple? It's kind of odd anyway. Weird, Continue. right? That's his name. Okay. I, oh, I, I checked him out. There's no, oh, no. He's retired. Uh, but he goes after me, uh, and, or goes after this gentleman in the, in the post, in his social media post. And he says, well, this is awfully convenient. Did she call 911? And so I responded because somebody tagged me. I said, no, I didn't because there was no reason to call 911. There's no time. Well, I avoided, I, I didn't even get into that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's a whole other well, conversation. So I can wait eight time to nine minutes, maybe 20 in Washington. <laughs> if they show up at all. <laughs> to see if they're going to come back together or not. If oh. they show up at all, because yeah. they have a whole thing about de-escalation, right? They There's have a lot of this. things. That's right. a whole other story. So, um, <laughs> so I said, no, there was no reason to call because I, my, I, was able to have enough situational awareness my own 911. to prevent anything from happening to begin with. And he came after me, called me a liar. It was ugly, ugly. Wow. Ugly. So I get a message um, the next day from an individual um, inside the police department, uh, the, or excuse me, the sheriff's department, and they were going to investigate me. And I'm like, for what? For showing your weapon? Well, raising the, raising the, so, right. I think, I think where they were wanting to go with it yeah. was to try to get me on brandishing. Yeah. But I didn't draw. Yeah. Um, and it is illegal in the state of Washington to expose your firearm in any way to intimidate, blah, 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 blah. Unless your life is in fear of imminent danger, serious bodily injury or death. I legitimately was, I mean, yeah. these guys were not up to You good. don't know. They were not good Samaritans no. wanting to help me get in my car. Right. No. So, so I avoided the they whole thing. They weren't saying, hey, we saw you on Instagram. It wasn't like that. Correct. They didn't want <laughs> selfies, right? <laughs> so, um, um, I, I call U.S. Law Shield. Again, God, I sound like I'm plugging these companies and I'm not. So, Matt Kilgo here in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, God bless that man. I call him up. I tell him what he goes, well, that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Right? And it's interesting to see. And don't get me wrong. I love the guy in Washington. Was- their, their, their lawyer, their head lawyer up there, too. But there's definitely, you could tell how they approach law is just different. Mm-hmm. You know? based on the state's laws that yes. they have to deal with. So Matt gets a hold of them. And, and I got to tell you, mad credit to U.S. Law Shield. Um, they, and I know that I'm a USCC instructor. Let's keep the drama out of this. Uh, I'm, I know I'm with U.S. Law Shield. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, what, I've got that. In I, 50 do, state well, I tell people, why don't you have both? Yeah, and that's a very One is a check point. that comes to you and that's, you will need that money. That's the same way I support all the, you know, gun owners of America and our, every, everything, but listen, just all of them. Listen, if the lawyers from U.S. Law Shield Got that George Zimmerman guy off on that Trayvon Martin case. I'm just saying. (laughs) 
if I if shit goes down, I'm just saying that's who I want in my corner because yeah. that case was not looking good for that dude, and they no. got him off. And I'm just like, yep. I'm just saying that's who I want in my corner. Okay, this is in my corner, right? This is this is the way it's gonna be. So, um, you know, I, I'll use the USCCA money for other stuff yes. or whatever. And then I'm passionate about their education. You yes. know, I, I, I like I said, I'm a certified instructor. So, um, anyway, but I call them up, and remember, there's no crime, right? That's right. But they were still going to defend me if this ended up going to court. So mad props to U.S. Law Show for that. But of course, there was nothing. Right. But the funny but the, the point that a sheriff, retired sheriff, into the police department, correct, is even calling that, you well, to I investigate. Know, I well, he didn't call me. He was he was running his he. I, my thing was, where's a retired sheriff get off having the authority to be able to make a phone call to the internal systems uh, of of active duty deputy sheriffs yeah, to even uh, to thing. to call for an investigation. Right. So that's a whole other, at the end of the day, this was all politically driven because they didn't like this candidate mm -hmm. is what it came down to. And that pissed me off. Um, so now I'm on a whole other level of crap with this. It's getting ready to go down because I'm getting ready to head back up there to teach some classes. Um, and I'm mad, big mad. <laughs> so, but the lawyer, God bless him. Cause if he sees this, um, I, I, I get you. Okay. I get you. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, sir. That being I, said, there's only three people listening to this podcast. It's not going to be. A okay. Good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, 30,000 people later and my, my, my text message is flooded. Um, he's like, you know, my, I didn't have my permit and okay. I, it had expired a few, mm -hmm. a few months earlier, um, through my moves and stuff. And, and, uh, this is, this is who I am. And I, and let me be clear as an instructor, this is carry the gun owner. This is not carry the instructor. This is not carry the advocate because I can't make decisions for anybody else and how they That's choose right. to live their life. That's right. Um, I, and I, and I won't, uh, y'all got to get right with your family, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, whoever your peoples are, yes, <laughs> whoever your peoples are, <laughs> Yahweh anyway. And, and those are, those are not my decisions to make. Right. Carry, I know what carry the gun owner exactly. is willing to do. To keep myself a lot, you know, and so I speak solely for myself right. when I say this disclaimer. Um, he said, well, we need to get you a permit. I'm like, no, I am like, let them take me to court over not having a permit. Let them take me to, they want to push this. There is no way that a woman carrying a firearm in that situation and them calling an investigation, trying to find a crime on me is going to end well during a political year for this guy. And I'm willing to take the loss in court wow. to blow it up publicly and make a scene of this. Wow. Like, but, and again, not everybody's willing to do that, but no, you know not. what the, the, the punishment is for not having a permit. It's like a, it, it's like a class misdemeanor. C misdemeanor. Like yeah. you don't, you can still get a permit. Yeah. I get more speed and tickets than that. No, for real. Like it's really <laughs> insignificant. And I was like, Oh, I'll take the L yeah. I said. And of course the, you know, us law shield is like, yeah. <sighs> Carrie. We're going to raise your rates, Carrie. I know, right? And I don't blame him. Right? Fortunately, I didn't end up going anywhere because clearly the, the the sheriff that's, you know, obviously the incumbent sheriff is probably knows better. I'm like, this is like, maybe he Googled me. I don't right. know. Like, I confronted Kamala Harris at one point. Oh. So, yeah. So I'm like, this is not going to go well for this dude because I will call the media. I will blast this out. I'm like, you literally want to investigate me. For, and, and, and shame me, victim blame me for wow. not for choosing to make the decision to prepare to defend myself instead of calling your sorry asses that wouldn't get your fat asses from the donut shop to, to protect me to begin with. Oh, Let's no. save it. 
Let's go to court. And, and, and I told, I told the lawyer and he was like, God, this woman, right? I mean, which I get a lot. I'm okay with that. I get a lot of Jesus. Here comes Carrie, Eric Pratt. Love you, man. Cause I know he's like, here she comes, but I was willing to take that loss because you know what? Classy misdemeanor, right? Community service. Right. Yeah. And I, I told the lawyer, I said, I'll just train women for free with my, through my nonprofit. I said, that's what I do already. Like that'll be my community service. And I'll tell every one of them what this sheriff did. Wow. Like it's not going to end well for you. So, and I get that not everybody can do that. I get right. not everybody has the beach ball size lady nuts to do that. Right. I get that not everybody is in a position professionally, finance, whatever to do that. Mm-hmm. I am, and I'm going to. Yeah, a lot of people don't like to be, um, put themselves out there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like to be, um, just, I can't think of the wording right now, but just basically be put out and be, be, be just, it's a huge it's a commitment. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's just like the lawsuit, right? My name is on that forever right. and ever better or worse. And, right. and I'm okay with that. So, um, I'm self-employed. So what are we going to do? Fire me. <laughs> Clearly I have to be self-employed cause I'm an HR nightmare. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> if somebody wants to reach out to yeah. you to help support what you're doing with your, um, we, the female, we the female. We the female. Yeah. Or get in touch with you. Please, we'll do another one of these later. But sure. please tell me. I know. We t- kind of went off on that oh, tangent a little bit. I I'm love, sorry. I love tangents like that. Okay. And I love you sharing personal Thank things you. with me as well. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh, um, my pleasure. But how can people get in touch with you to learn more? Wethefemale.org um, is our website. Um, I keep it pretty scaled down and minimal. Um, the best places to find me and kind of see what I do are my social media. Um, we the female underscore official on Instagram. Uh, we the female on uh, Facebook. At the two best sources for that. Um, if you want unfiltered carry, that's stilettos and shotguns. Um, <laughs> that gets more politically uh, driven right. um, and not always pro to a, but yeah. I love speaking about Liberty. I'm a constitutionalist. I teach history as a hobby. I yeah. mean, I'm not a historian uh, married one, right. but I'm not a historian. Um, but uh, uh, so I, I'm passionate about that. And so I do a lot of outreach and education through that. Right. Um, we are a 501c3. Yeah. So for people that do want to donate, um, I don't get a paycheck. I'm blessed to be in a position financially where I don't have to. Okay. Um, so 100% of the monies that we take in, whether by me teaching and, and it's tuition that, that another woman pays for her class mm-hmm. um, or donations, 100% of it goes back into the organization and uh, to help t- to sponsor events for training women for right. free or... Uh, scholarship, I, for lack of a better word, funding for domestic violence victims, sexual assault victims, and single mothers that cannot afford training because nobody, no one should ever be denied the human right of self-defense because period, they really shouldn't because they can't afford it. And especially domestic violence victims and single mothers and sexual assault victims, they should never be have that right taken away from them. Very well said. I'm Thank very you. proud of you. Thank you. I, I, I'm just, it's so wonderful to get to talk to you after <laughs> seeing some of the stuff, you you know, on Instagram and stuff. Thank be you. Able to meet you in person. And, Thank you. And now get you even around some shooting sports more. Yeah, and, this, and is, this is, I, I have no desire to become a competitive shooter. No, it's a different level of people that need to be, that yeah. listen to this podcast. Yeah. They need to hear different struggles that are happening outside the shooting sports world. Because like I said before, we like to stay in our own little world yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And when we get out, it's uncomfortable. It is. And you know, I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, she's no longer, <laughs> she's no longer with us. She's alive. Uh, Corinne, uh, no longer in the industry. You know, she's yeah. retired. Corinne Mosier, a very good friend of mine. And, and she and I talked about this and, and I said, you know, why is it that competitive shoot, they don't get too much into advocacy and stuff. And she said, 
sponsor, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, yeah. and, and, and I won't get into the weeds on that, but she and I talked about that helped change my perception. She says, but we are, we also tend to be that, uh, there's a disconnect between competitive shooting and gun control. Okay. So sometimes we're able, so she was an instructor, so mm-hmm. she was able to teach from that. And I guess a lot of competitive shooters are, I'm learning at the, you know, four years ago, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Well, so I'm, that was an interesting aha for me. So, but I think that there's an opportunity for more um, competitive shooters. Well, if to there's, speak. If there's anybody that. that can help bridge that gap, I hope uh, I can help. I hope I can help do that. I for hope you. you can That'd too. Damn it! That'd so, and I know that I I would love it. And I know that a lot of people right now are financially hurting mm-hmm. um, and are struggling to donate. Um, and I get that, and I totally understand. So, the other ways that you can help uh, us is share our posts, um, speak about what we're doing, share podcasts have been on like this uh, or whatever so that other people might be able to. Or um, if you know you work with manufacturers or anything, anybody willing to donate for raffle prizes, anything. I'm a, I'm a 501c3, so it's mm-hmm. all write-offs. Either tools and equipment that I can use uh, in my classes I to wear. minimize... Yeah, I wear. <laughs> I'm in. I'm oh, in. thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Go ahead and commit Because now. we in. have... Yeah, and you know, usually I would just volunteer you for that, right. but I did not this time. <laughs> you got me all just... Usually I'd say, oh, and you're going to totally do this. That's, <laughs> that's the way I, I roll. But um, it's... The more of those pieces of equipment that I have, the less I have to to spend of the the, the money right. to to put out for it. So we're getting ready to work with um, an organization called the Bus Systems, which is right outside of Atlanta. That guy, the the BUSS system, check him out. He's a combatives okay. guy. He's not a he carries a gun, but he's not a gun industry dude. Okay, but this dude is doing stuff that people aren't doing out there with with kids and families in the atlanta area like he does like he puts he teaches kids how to get out of trunks he teaches families how to use like moms and their kids how to use code words if some bad guy approach like this dude is lighting it up and he and he also brings in women uh to teach young girls etiquette and and assertion which is all like intuition and insertion that's all stuff that i teach right it's it's a passion of mine and so we're getting ready to sponsor an all-day uh young women's little girls training event up there really so you're and then we just donated five hundred dollars to him for five little girls for for training as well so that and then we sponsored we donated a thousand dollars to um the she's called her organization is called defensive unicorns and she teaches in philly and right outside of Atlanta um, as well, in Douglasville, I believe. And there was some, Philly's becoming Chicago. I mean, it's, and Chicago, like it's becoming Atlanta. Like that Philly-Atlanta connection is crazy right now. I don't know what's going on there. But wow. um, there, there was some bad stuff that happened. And I said, we need to get these women. Like, what can we do? So we gave $1,000 to her to get 10 women trained. Right. Um, and then we pay for their permits as well. I'm not going to pay for their gun. I'm not going right? to, there has to be some level of, of exactly. responsibility on yep. your own. Yep. But um, if, if we can help with these permit fees or the training, um, we, the female is going to do that. So in, there's uh, lots of ways I can get really creative. I can do raffles, right. uh, sponsorships. If anybody wants to actually sponsor us, we mm-hmm. put you on our website and we, we actually look at it as partnerships or just straight donations. Um, and I'm very transparent. Anybody ever wants to see my books, they can come and see it. Um, nice. But I, it's, we need to get these women armed. Women are, you get guns in the hands of women and, and everything else falls from there. Women are incredibly powerful, which is why politicians have weaponized them against our own best interest for gun control, among other things, but particularly for gun control. Wow. And um, we are also disproportionately affected as females um, by gun control laws mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we're targeted more as individuals. Yeah. So, 
Um, and everything goes into this. I, I literally retired from my day spa industry job <laughs> to spend my life living in a van down by the river <laughs> uh, to travel all over and and, right. and and help to to get women armed. First, first and foremost, with confidence. All right. Give them the faith and the confidence that they know that they can defend themselves. Then give them the training and then help facilitate um, giving them the direction that they need to go to get the right tools yeah. to succeed. Carrie, I'm humbled. Oh, thank it you is, very much. It means so much thank for you. you. To make Don't make me cry. I'm no, all emotional today. <laughs> you, you, really, you made the trip to come see me when we, we talked about it being here. And just yeah, I didn't do you. this for him. No, I was like running errands and stuff. He just got he's a bonus. The lipstick is a bonus for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Carrie, thank you again. We, thank the, you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. We the female dot org. Yes. And for more information, yes, all the social media accounts. Go check her out. See what she's got going on next. I have a feeling we'll be talking again soon to get some more follow-up because there's so many different directions yeah. I could have gone down in this. And yeah. based on my podcast, people know I usually go down a lot of different paths, but I didn't know where to go today because my head was like all over the place. And when so. you didn't get a chance to kind of do no, a background on it, me. It, to, uh, no, yeah. I don't ever do that. But Red flag laws are one of my lanes. I, I don't, I, we got to get back to that at some point. Yeah, I would so love we'll, to do that. We'll definitely do that. I'm going to hold you to that because most we people will. say that and then they don't have me back. No. And I'm, I'm, well, you may have to come find me to a match, but I'm in matches in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina. We'll, oh, I'll find you. Yeah, exactly. We'll I have a certain there. set of skills. There we go. Thank you. I don't even want to talk. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Thank you so Sometimes much. Sometimes it's best. Thank you so much for watching or listening to Hunter's HD Gold Behind the Lens. And until next time, we'll see you on the range soon. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. <laughs>